Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everyone. My name is Jazz. I'm a compulsive eater and exercise bulimic. I apologize if my dog whines in the background. <laughs> um, thank you, David, so much for asking me to speak. Um, this is, this is, I haven't shared in a while. And um, it's, it's funny because I feel like when I first started sharing, I would share my story and my story is a little bleak at times. And I feel like it used to make people feel nervous. Um, and so I've, I've gone back and like, looked at myself again. And I'm like, well, this is still my, my true story. But how what is that level of of being honest, but also not like oversharing and re-traumatizing people. And I think that's a thing um, we learn here in program too. Um, so to qualify, um, I came to program um, in 2014. Um, I was at very much the end of my rope. Um, and since then I have been abstinence from uh, purging uh, and specifically exercise bulimia for seven years. Um, and then I have been absent from binging for about four years. Um, four years because in 2017, life came up and I thought I could do without program for a little while and quickly learned I could not. <laughs> so right back here, I came. Um, so I have been a compulsive eater my whole life. Um, from a very young age, I compulsively ate and no one had to teach me. And I always thought that was very interesting. There was no restrictions on food um, in my family and we were allowed to have whatever we wanted. Um, but still I would sneak food and I would hide it. And I would, I was allowed to have snacks but I would like take um, crackers from the cupboard and like eat them. And then as soon as someone like came in the door I would shove them in the couch and pretend I wasn't eating and like hold my mouth very still and like hope my saliva would like break it all up so I could just swallow it. And I never knew where that came from. Um, and since I've been in program I've learned that the addiction is just that it's it's soothing and it's trying to take care of yourself and it's trying to medicate and and I just did it with food and I was having a lot of problems as a child and I grew up in a really difficult household and and so I used food to try to care for myself um and that continues today that that urge to want to use food to care for myself and I have to use every tool of this program to to make sure I'm using my food for for care and nourishment and not for self-seeking means. Um, so of course, eating like that when I was young um, created a, a lot of weight and I was always a big kid, but I was also, again, the only person who was concerned about it. Um, I remember going to the doctor when I was nine years old because I wanted to lose weight as a nine-year-old um, and then saying, okay, well, just do a food journal. Like the doctor, did not care what my size was. He's like, you're fine, you're a little kid. Like, yeah, eat, get big, whatever. Um, and so I always kind of hovered around an acceptable presentation of my weight. I always um, felt 
that it was large and that the number was big because I wore a bigger clothes size than my friends and I, um, all the BMI charts, I was on the high end my whole life. And so I thought it was wrong, even though everyone else was like, you're healthy, you look fine. Um, and so from there, I got into neglect and restriction is really what it was. Um, so for a lot of my teens and 20s, I didn't eat. I um, got to the point where I was eating about one meal a day. And that one meal would be a massive binge. Um, and sometimes I would go two or three days without eating and have a massive binge. And for me, it seemed fine because I was like, well, I'm just busy. I work a lot or I go, you know, when I was in high school and doing it, I was like, I have a lot of work at school and this is fine. Um, and then when I got a little older and, and I was even more concerned with my weight and, and it hadn't changed much out of that range of like acceptable and whatever that means. Um, but I wanted something else and I wanted more control over it. And so the purging really started. Um, and I, I think the purging really, really took hold probably when I was like 22. Um, and I would exercise as much as I could. I, I always kind of wished I could, you know, like purge, you know, with laxatives or purge, um, by, uh, by vomiting, but I, I couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to it. And so I said, okay, um, something I can control is my calories out by exercise. And I'm a Capricorn and I love spreadsheets. And so I would meticulously write down every calorie I ate and then how I would exercise it away. And then I would exercise it away. So my normal day looked something like getting up at 6 a.m. so I could go for a jog, uh, riding my bike the five miles to work so I could do 30 minutes of swimming because I worked for the university um, and then go to work, uh, take three 15 minute breaks where I would walk um, as, as far as I could, as quickly as I could and it was all uphill. And then when I would get out of work, I would go back to the gym and go to a spin class and then run for an hour to two hours, uh, end it with a swim and then bike five miles home. So I was getting home about midnight or one in the morning. And then I would go to sleep and get up at 6 a.m. and do it again. And I thought I was amazing. I was like, look at what I can do. Look how strong I am. Look at how much I can exercise. Look how fit I am. Um, and of course, you know, it caught up with me too. And I, I couldn't control every aspect of it. I couldn't control blacking out. Um, I couldn't control fainting. I couldn't control having to go to the hospital um, from dehydration. And I couldn't control um, when I hurt myself and then demanded that I continue to exercise. Um, I fell off my skateboard once and I sprained my elbow and still decided to go on a three mile run with a sprained elbow. And I just held it to my arm, like little, literally five minutes later, like no sling, no nothing, just held it to my arm and ran. Um, and my partner at the time started, and, and now, sorry, my now, my now husband um, was terrified. He was terrified for me that I was going to die on him. Um, he was tired of bringing me to the hospital. 
and he was tired of watching me not eat and watching me get really thin. And, and it was funny and it's, there's a lot of talk right now about things around fat phobia and, and these ideas of us pushing ourselves into models. And for me, that was really true because even at my, my very, very thinnest ever, um, I was 152 pounds and that was in the height of my purging. Um, and I am five, five, I was still, um, overweight, almost obese on the BMI chart. And that was literally the smallest I ever have been in my life. And I use that as my measure of self-worth for that entire time. And I believed because I didn't, you know, wasn't in the normal range, there was something wrong with me, even though my blood was great, my cholesterol was great, my blood pressure was great, like I was healthy, but I thought I was, I wasn't fitting the standard. Um, but so yeah, it was, it was getting really dangerous. And my, my partner said, you have to stop um, or I will leave you because I will not, I will not bury you. I'm going to break up with you before I bury you. Um, and I needed a, somewhere to go and I didn't know what that was and I didn't know OA existed. And I said, well, maybe my problem really is that I want to maintain a weight loss and I don't know how to do that without the exercise. So maybe I can adjust my diet better and you know, maybe giving up alcohol is the right choice. So I went to a friend in AA and he said, um, absolutely not. You are not an alcoholic. <laughs> and I'm offended that you would ask me to bring you to AA. However, I do know a program for you. Um, and he sent me to my first OA meeting where I sat and cried. Um, and it was the Sunday night meeting. And I continued to cry for every meeting for the next year. I, I'm pretty sure people thought of me as the girl who sat there and cried because every single thing everybody said was my story and how I felt. Um, I remember the first time I read um, the 15 things and was like, have you, have you eaten, uh, burned, frozen, or food out of the trash? And I had never felt more seen. I was like, absolutely, I have. Thank you. Um, and so, and so that's what got me here. And when David asked me to speak and said it was any topic, the one thing I kept thinking about today um, being a holiday for a lot of people is this idea of gifts and our idea of promises in, in um, this program. And in the back of the 12 and 12, if you look in the index, it sums up the promises in three groups. So as fuller life experiences, threefold recovery, and um, a permanent recovery. And when we enumerate those, it comes out to things like freedom and happiness, um, losing a fear of you know, people and economics, uh, losing our sense of uselessness and self-pity, intuitively knowing, um, being, feeling God-guided, losing self-interest. And all of these things have come up in my life in this program. Um, in really deep ways. I remember getting here and, and feeling really confused about the spirituality part in our threefold recovery of emotional spirituality and physical recovery. Um, and, and it's, I think the threefold recovery is really interesting too, because that looks different for every, everyone, because we're all, you know, terminally unique and, and our own individual person. Um, 
And and so I keep thinking about this quote that I read a couple months ago, and it was from like a Joseph Campbell book. And it says, if you take one step towards God, God will take 10 steps towards you. And so I remember coming here and being really confused about spirituality because I didn't have that in my childhood. Um, and I remember my third step being really hard, as I've heard, it's really hard for a lot of people to come to terms with, you know, how do I name God and how do I turn it over if I don't know what it is? And when I took that one step and said, okay, well, I don't know what God is, but I'm willing to turn it over and I'm willing to try, um, God to take those 10 steps towards me. And I did get a clear clarity in my life. Um, and it's been the driving force of a lot of my recovery, um, the intuitive knowing. And, and I, and I like that phrase too, intuitive knowing, because it, it really is what it feels like. Um, I can just look at a thing and go, oh, that's not for me. It doesn't take away the want or the desire or the compulsiveness, but to intuitively know that that is not for me gives me a moment of pause and the ability to walk away and be able to keep my abstinence for another day. Um, whether that is, you know, signing up for a road race or, you know, eating something at a friend's house, um, it, it goes every way. Um, and when I started letting that happen and starting taking those intuitive cues, I started seeing them in other places in my life. And so my life got a lot bigger from all of that recovery. Um, I knew when to say yes to things at work and when to say no to things at school. Um, because of this program, I received a lot of gifts I never knew I would. Um, I was able to finish college and grad school in this program. I'm one of those people who has never finished anything in my life. I didn't finish high school. <laughs> I, you know, don't finish projects. I have, I have an entire craft room full of things that are half finished. Um, but through this program, I, I gained the strength and willingness and direction to know how to finish, you know, one, one thing. And for me, that was college. Um, and then it's changed my relationships with other people. Um, my relationship with my partner is really strong. Um, we've been able to have really open, clear communication. Um, and I think one of the other big gifts that's come up for me is um, in, in the promises, it's one of them is we won't shut the door on our past. And I think that's one of the biggest spiritual and emotional healing gifts that I've received from this program is I had a really tough childhood and I had a really tough relationship with my mom and um, my mom actually put me in Al-Anon when I was seven because she's like this will help I was like wow that's very self-serving of you okay um, and as I five, got five older minutes. thank you perfect as I got older I went into a place of forgiving people in my past for mistreating me and saying, oh, that's okay. Like, that's just, you know, was the situation and you did your best and this is fine. And I am the person I am because of, you know, this pain and trauma. And that was shutting the door on my past. At the time, I thought it was really healthy to be like, oh, I'm, I forgive you and everything's great and I move on. But it, 
it, it wasn't. And now um, I've been able to go back to my family and say, you guys messed up. You guys messed up big time. And I'm not mad at you, but you messed up. And, and I get to feel a little hurt and I get to, and I get to have that. And, and instead of ignoring it and saying, you did your best, I get to say, you did your best and I hurt. And now I can get help for that. Um, which has also been really life-changing. Um, but in all these changes, I've had a lot of challenges and that's where I am in this year. Um, when, so the, um, the last part of that was the, the permanent recovery. And in the 12 and 12, it says, the only permanence in nature is repetition. So we have to do this over and over and over and over again, which is how I know I can never leave this program. Um, and in doing this over and over again, every single time I get a little better and I become a little more of a fuller person and I engage with my life in a, in a fuller way and I see things differently. Um, and the one thing that's been hard is finding how this different person I am fits in the life I have. Um, my life is bigger and more beautiful, of course, but things can be uncomfortable. Some friends don't fit in my life anymore the way they used to. Relationships don't always feel right anymore. Um, different things bother me. Um, one thing that never used to bother me was road rage. I, I had it. I was the embodiment of road rage and screaming. And now I know a lot of peace, even when I'm driving. And when people get road rage in the car around me, all I can do is look at them and say, why are you freaking out? You know, and it makes me the weirdo. And so a lot of what I've been working on with these gifts in the last year is, is how do I fit into my new life? And how do I use these growths to serve you know, my fellows and people around me, because that's where I found it best um, to be in service and to, to lose self-serving means helps me not worry about how I fit in my life as much and fit into my old identities, which are gone. Um, but more, how do I move forward? Um, and with the new year coming, you know, a lot of folks are thinking about resolutions. We'll probably see a lot of newcomers in here. And, and it is, your life is, is changing constantly um, and keeping up with it can only be served by serving others and letting go of self-pity and self-service. Um, 20 minute share is longer than the one I'm used to, but I have, I'm really glad I was able to get up today and think about these things. I, I hope you can, um, take what served you and, and leave the rest. All I know is that the fellows in this program, this program keeps me going back. They keep me solid um, and using my tools and remembering that I am a compulsive reader. I always will be. And I always feel seen in these rooms. Um, I think that's all I have for you today. And thank you so much for letting me be here.